burned, crashed, reduced to dust, then rise from the ashes. Hello, I'm Carol Gawker, confidence coach, speaker, author of the book Breakthrough with the legendary Les Brown. I'm a mom of two, a loving daughter, and a devoted wife. A modern woman can juggle life, work, and have it all. You too can have it all. Welcome to Rise from Ashes. Hi, I'm Carol. In this episode, I will be sharing about my second born, that's my son. I have two kids. My first born is a girl, which I've already shared in one of the previous episodes. And she is my inspiration. I wanted to be like my mom when I was young. And my, my daughter wanted to be me. So I wanted to, to set myself a good example for her to follow. And to be frank, I had never really thought that I would become a mother. Reason being that I was told that I may not be a good one. So for more information, you can actually listen to the previous podcast. So I have two kids, as I mentioned. Today I'm going to talk about my, my boy. He is six years old this year, and he would be going to to grade one, primary one, in year 2020. There's something unique about my children, is that uh, they are born actually very, very close apart. In terms of birth year, um, actually two years. You know, one is born in year 2011, and... My, my daughter is born in year 2011 and my son is born in year 2013. So in terms of birth years, they are actually two years apart. But in terms of actual month apart, they are uh, 13 and a half. Wow. Because my daughter is a year-end baby. She's a December baby. And my boy is a January baby. So if you think about it, it's like, wow. You know, they are actually, actually quite close. And Why? To be frank, it's actually unplanned. Okay, my, my daughter was unplanned and my son was somehow planned. How's that? Because when my daughter was born, um, my husband was given an assignment to move back to Germany for a year. So, you know, for me, first time mom, moved back to Germany with him when he's uh, doing his work. And I was there, you know, having support from from my uh, mother-in-law to come to our apartment twice a week. And sometimes over the weekend, we will leave my daughter with her and so that my husband and I can have a little bit of rest and can have a little bit of romantic time together as a couple. So, you know, after a few months living in Germany, we thought, I think <laughs> we, we got this parenting thing, you know, pretty well. I think we've got all figured out Maybe it's time to try for the second one. But the thing is that when I have when I had my daughter, I was in my thirties, uh, in my in my uh, mid thirties. So my my husband and I we were actually a, bit, a little bit worried because we we were worried because I am according to to medical science that I'm already a bit too old. That we don't want to have a lot of delay. We don't want the, the kids to to uh, be too far apart in terms of age. And it is research so far have said that 
most women after the age of 30, they don't conceive that easily. And also, you know, there's a possibility that uh, we will not be able to, to get the second one. And then we saw a lot of a lot of cases, you know, among friends around the same age group that uh, they, they tried for many years that they're unable to conceive. So we thought, well, we maybe we, sh- we were not that lucky, but at least we give it a shot. So, yes, my, my boy, my boy is made in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Every time I think, I think about it, I, I, I would laugh. Yeah, he is. He is made in Germany. And, you know, being uh, half a German. So we were actually very overconfident this time around, you know, when I thought, okay, well, maybe we should give it a shot because I, I don't know if I'll be fertile. I mean, there's always two, two things, two sides to the coin and two sides of the story. So my friends would say, oh, you know, he's going to give it a try because it's going to be a bit tough. And then some say, you know, when you are um, you know, a new mom during, during the first few months after, after you give birth, Usually, usually you're not so fertile because of breastfeeding and so on and so forth. But then you know it's it's okay as long as you're ready, you can you can give it a shot. But ah, uh, we are very lucky. First try, and then we hit the jackpot. So we were overconfident, but I thought I guess it's like you know we thought yeah I think it is fine because we have a girl maybe we can try for a boy. So what it did was um I I used this traditional Chinese birth chart to try if I can hit a boy. In a way, I just wanted to see if the whole thing works because it is stated it is stated that it's about 80% accuracy. So I, f- I followed that and then I tracked my, my menstrual cycle. And on top of that, I've incorporated the, the Western signs of uh, the probability of having a boy. means, you know, having, having intercourse during ovulation. And it is stated that because during ovulation, the the sperm uh, that carries the the X chromosome, or rather the Y chromosome for boys, they are actually smaller and they are shorter, So, but they are faster. So, you know, the chances of hitting the, the egg at that during the ovulation is a lot higher. And then for, for those sperm cells that carries the X chromosomes, which is for, for female, they usually can stay dormant in, in the body for, for a while. So, you know, if those who can't hit the, the egg the first time, then, you know, you, you might, the, the fem- those female carrying chromosome sperms will be able to, to fertilize the egg. So I, being the, the kiasu Singaporean that I am, kiasu being afraid of losing out. So I decided to use both methods. And yes, we got a boy. But of course, you know, in the beginning, I, I, we, we didn't know the gender of the child. Um, but then that was what we were trying to do. Then the moment I, find out that I found out that I, I was pregnant, immediately we started looking for an English-speaking guy name. And it is very, very difficult. You know, you would have thought that um, a modern country, a developed Western country, and then especially um, professionals in the medical field would uh, have a lot of English-speaking professionals, but no. 
So in the end, we were very lucky to find one, but it was it was tough. And at the, I think it was about fourteenth weeks, uh, where I went for my scan, and he said, you know, my state of the art machine can determine the gender of your child. So do you want to find out? And we did. So yes, we have a boy. So when I broke the news to my my family. My father was really, really happy. He says, oh, very good. That is good. Literally, the Chinese character good, how, okay, is actually made up of two uh, individual characters, which is the character of girl and the character of boy. And this is what I have, a girl and a boy, which means good. So everybody was overjoyed because my son would be the first grandson from the paternal side of the family, my husband's family. And then my boy will also be the first boy of uh, my side of the family. My, my brother has three girls. So, and I have another one. So that's four girls in the family. And then my, my son. So my father was like, oh, fantastic. And plus, he will be born in the year of dragon. So... From an Asian perspective, from a Chinese perspective, dragon is an auspicious, auspicious, mystical creature. So it's supposed to be prosperous, it represents prosperity, and it's good. And of course, because my father is also born in the year of the dragon, he's like, oh, this is double happiness. I have a boy, and then he's, he's a little dragon. So everybody's very happy. The thing is, the thing is, I have overestimated myself. See, the challenges of being pregnant while you're still trying to take care of a baby. My daughter, my daughter was only about six months old when I was pregnant with my boy. So, you know, living in a foreign land is already tough enough. Trying to to get things going. It took me a few months of settling in. And when I was finally settling in to a routine with my newborn, and then, you know, having all these changes, being six months old, you know, you start solid food. So it was tough for me having to keep on the schedule for my, for my little baby girl. And at the same time, my body was undergoing all these changes. Right? First trimester, morning sickness, you know, the works. And thankfully, thankfully enough, I didn't have a lot of morning sickness. And he actually went off after the first trimester. It was good. But I have weird, weird, weird cravings. Moms, what sort of weird cravings did you have during your pregnancy? Share it with me. Connect with me at the, at, at the notes below the podcast. I really want to know. Because it was so weird. Because I have never, never, never liked sweet stuff. You know, I'm not a sweet kind of a person. But it is true that during pregnancy... Your, your taste bud changes. So I was craving for a lot of sweet stuff like chocolates, sweets and stuff. And as you can imagine, I put on a hell lot of weight. And plus, living in a foreign land and, you know, the weather's pretty cold at that time. When, when, you're, when you're cold, you tend to eat a little bit more. And then plus, the food portion is really big. And plus, I had a newborn, so I have not actually shed off the baby weight that I gained for my firstborn. And then I pile it back on again like a vengeance. 
So as you can see, I was more of a whale, even more so compared to my very first pregnancy. At least, you know, for, for the first pregnancy, if you look at me from the back, I still look okay. It's just that, you know, I have this huge... And then, so that's the thing, you know, and uh, being pregnant, trying to to set to a routine, and usually, you know, the first couple of months, the first two trimester, a lot of the pregnant women will experience a lot of fatigue. So that was me trying to maintain a schedule for my little baby, a newborn, and then trying to actually try and adjust my lifestyle uh, to accommodate. Compared to the fact that my, my, my boy, you know, didn't give me a very, very, very difficult pregnancy throughout. However, we have to move back to Singapore. At the end of the assignment, actually, I, we, we requested to move back here into Singapore a little bit earlier because I would have to give birth. And there is actually a restriction on when I can fly because I, I think it was up to 36 weeks. So there we are, you know, trying to... You know, I moved to Germany when I had a, a, a one-month-old. And then before the end of the year, I have to rush to pack and move the entire family back with a baby girl and heavily pregnant at the same time. And then as luck would have it, when we move back, we have to stay in a temporary housing so that my husband can uh, find a place for us to live in and... You know, all this works. And then having to wait for our furniture to be shipped back from Germany to Singapore. And yes, so everything, you know, just went off smoothly. And I was very, very, very lucky that my baby wasn't breached at that time. So I was thinking, ah, maybe I can opt for opt for natural birth, a V-bag. Right? And uh, I was unfortunately unable to because my baby boy was so heavy. He actually rested on the nerves. So I had to beg my gynae, beg my gynae to, to give me an induction, you know, just to induce me to give birth. And when that failed, she said, I'm sorry, I will have to cut you open. So I had cesarean the second time. <laughs> yeah, this uh, the, or rather the recovery, re recovery was just so, so, so bad. However, I was happy because my baby boy and uh, it's actually bigger than my baby girl, and he's very healthy. He was very healthy. He was on the 90th uh, percentile, and it was all good. However, the nightmare will actually come at a later time. Turns out my baby has a very bad reflux issue and respiratory challenges. So yes, for the first nine months of his of his life, you know, I was literally covered in puke. Yeah. So what happened to you, you know, moms, you know, listening to this episode? Covering with puke. Yeah, that was fun. In a sarcastic way. So it was, it was terrible because he wasn't hitting his milestones. He wasn't, you know, supposed to be flipping over at the, at the month, about four or five months in a way. Because every time we try to put him on tummy time, he would vomit, even though... He, even though we kept him upright for an hour, I burped him and so on and so forth. It just, it just didn't work. And those were really, really tough. And then when he was about two, oh, 
respiratory challenges. There's actually a family history where it was actually constricted respiratory nasal airway for, um, for my husband's side of the family. So it's actually very sensitive. My husband actually gets colds and flus very easily. And it's a hereditary issue. So my boy had it. So yes, all the trips to, uh, to the pediatrician, the nebulizers, wheezing, hospitalization. As you can imagine, that was what I went through when my boy was, was really young. However, he is a little fighter. I, I drew a lot of inspiration from from him because I guess, you know, when you don't know and you kind of just, you know, this is accepted as part of life. So every time when we have to go through the whole process of him having to, to be locked onto a nebulizer to enable him to breathe properly, you know, and was once had to be admitted to the hospital because of wheezing and uh, because of, uh, there was another time that he was left for, for on the hospital bed for observation for a few hours due to um, and, and a high fever and then due to hemophilic disease as a newborn. It was, it was tough, but then he's such a little fighter. You know, when I look at him right now that he's all healthy, I never expect that children can actually inspire you. You know, I thought, you know, parents are the ones who inspire their children. It turns out that they inspired me. He inspired me to be, to be strong. And then just to take things as it is. And he's always smiling despite the challenges. My daughter, and she is an inspiration because she inspired me to be happy. So the reason why I'm sharing with, with you about my children is because they, I drew inspiration from them. Even though you know I was the one who gave birth to them and it's my responsibility to nurture them and to pass them on values, I realized that they are here for a reason. And I'm, I'm actually a parent for a reason. So, and I wanted to share this with you because parents, you know, if you think that um, you are here, it, the, the reason that you are here is actually to, to, to nurture the next generation. I think the reason that we are parents because they are here to actually teach us a lesson. Do you agree? If you do, I really would like to hear a little bit more um, from you. And uh, drop me a line, you know, get connected with me on Facebook and at So Rich Woman. So that's all I have for this episode. And if you're interested to find out more about our community, come and join us at our next So Rich Woman event. And I'll be happy to speak to you. I really look forward to seeing you in my next episode where I'll be sharing more with you on how to rise from ashes. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so honoured to have you here. Now, if you'd like to keep going and want to know more about our mentorship, training programs and done-for-you services, come on and visit me over at soulrichwoman.com. It's S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com. And if you happen to get this episode from a friend or a family member, be sure to subscribe to our email list because once you subscribe, you become one of my Soul Rich Woman family. You too can have it all. Keep going and I'll speak to you soon.